I'm Jason, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon. You should do the same, because the world just needs more GXG to make it a better place. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon to donate to the cause. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 155 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, of course, is Mo. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, John? Wouldn't be a show without George. Hey, buddy. Hey! Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we're going to watch the new Fox animated series about dysfunctional humans, gods, and monsters. Check out the latest advancements in scale arcade cabinets with the newest offering from New Wave Toys. And play an unexpected new turn-based apocalyptic strategy game from none other than Atari. Mm. All those topics and many more coming your way in this episode. First, though, it is time for some fourth listener email. And I guess the name of that is a little off-kilter here because this wasn't an email, but actually a comment over on our Gen X grown up podcast YouTube channel where we're reposting our old podcast yeah. uh, for YouTube list. Some people only like to listen on YouTube, I've learned. And so okay. we're migrating our stuff over there gradually. And listener Lids, L-Y-D-Z, Lids, commented on the uh, the backtrack. This is going to be one for you, Mo. Remembering Pluto, which I think oh. you pretty much drove that show because oh, yeah. we were yeah. all I'm still pissed off about, about Pluto. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what Lids had to say. You know, all of our beloved cartoon characters do officially live in our solar system. They're talking about here. When I worked at the newly opened Space Camp California, we had an incomplete Mars exhibit that we had to do a presentation for, but we hadn't been given any recommendations for material. <laughs> I discovered that the plethora of rocks on Mars were officially named after cartoon characters. Oh, that's cool. Is that true? Do you know that, Mo? Is that something? Are you, you're I, the space I, this guy. Is the, this is news to me, but it sounds cool. I didn't know. I mean, what, like each rock is named after a cartoon character or... Uh, I'm guessing like notable landmark rocks, probably not every little okay. pebble, but you know, say, like this boulder. I don't know how many that. cartoon characters there are, but I don't think there's that many. All right. Well, here's Chip, 40 miles this direction. Dale, right? In the, I don't, I don't <laughs> right. know what you were picking, but, but apparently I, it's news to me. Lids informed us that they actually named rocks. They name them after, rather than people, cartoon characters. So that's cool. Hmm, that's cool. Uh, they're going to say for the tour, I would just let everyone guess a character, a guaranteed win that burned through our required time at the exhibit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which way did it go, Mo? Pluto was not named after the dog. That was coincidental, right? Or no? no. Okay, no, it was named after the god. No, Pluto's named right. after a Roman god. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hades. Well, there's how like intelligent Greek. I am about the solar system. So thanks for the information. <laughs> and we're named as a cartoon characters <laughs> and, and mythology at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two areas that I'm ignorant of. Uh, excellent <laughs> work. Let's work on the trifecta before the end of this show. Hey, Lids, thank you so much for commenting on that video version of our podcast over on YouTube. And listener, if you would like your email hit right here on the show, you can comment over there or drop us a line via email at podcast at genxgrownup.com. I read every single one and eventually probably will make the show just like lids. All right. With that good business behind us, it's time to jump into the body of episode 155 right after this. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get 
whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you listen to the end of any given Gen X Grown Up podcast episode, you know at the end we talk about we are very proud and happy to be a member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. So (laughs) we want to quickly introduce you to another cool show in our network. It's called Two Designers Walk Into a Bar. And while it sounds like the setup for a joke, it's actually (laughs) a really great podcast about history and pop culture. Yeah, uh, the two hosts, Todd Coates and Elliot Strunk, you can tell that these guys are good friends. The way they interact with each other, the Mm -hmm. way they talk to each Mm -hmm. other, it's a really good blend between like really highbrow lofty stuff and just really just sort of down to earth drinking buddy kind of talking (laughs) yep yeah you know it's fun because they they talk to influential people that they have as guests all the time they talk about products Mm -hmm. both guys being designers they talk about their work they kind of uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic so it's exactly it's kind of like yeah think behind the music right from vh1 mtv kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. for the stuff that we love instead of just music (laughs) you just caught our audience they all love behind the music so that's a perfect analogy (laughs) and and for sure if you love anything at all dealing with design pop culture history any of that i I think you're definitely going to like this show yeah and just like our show it is drop dead easy to find you can look anywhere you listen to podcasts on you know apple itunes spotify all those places where you get podcast or you can go right to their website at two designers walk into a bar.com be sure to subscribe to or follow gen x grown-up wherever you listen and while you're there rate and review the show too it helps more than you know mom guess what i found in my sock i'm using it now give someone you love a warm conversation with someone they love Sure, the baby said cookie, but can she say grandma? Give an AT&T long-distance gift certificate. It's the perfect gift for people who need people. Sue, it's Bob. Just thought I'd call to say hello. The People Present, available in $25 gift packs, five $5 certificates. AT&T, the right choice. Let's get cooking, talking about media that we have been consuming. Now, you guys know the drill. This could be comics or music or film or television or books or whatever it is that you have been mm-hmm. enjoying. And I'd like to start with you, Mo. What have you been checking out? Yeah, um, I think I was one of my looking forward to is a while back, but it's the newest, the newest Walking Dead series, as though there were not enough mm, of them. Right. I think you and George fought over it, actually, as I yeah. recall. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. I mean, George, did you get mm-hmm. a chance to watch any of these yet? I am purposefully abstaining from every episode until the whole season is out because I'm not sure that I like the premise of this show. Mm. You know, I'm not. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Love um, the character. Love the actor. Yeah. Not sure I like the premise. It's For those of you who don't know, this is not a big secret. Basically, he winds up in France. Yeah. Let's just start with that. Okay? Zombie apocalypse. <laughs> nothing works. He's in America. Nobody's got gas. He ends up in France. He ends up in France. And there's three episodes <laughs> out right now. Maybe he's a good swimmer. <laughs> and they're slowly <laughs> coming, like 
like they don't i think they're purposely not telling you how he got there and they're just slowly kind of you know spoon feeding it to you over episodes like oh he was on this and then this happened that kind of thing yeah you know maybe i'm just getting zombie burnout like superhero burnout mm. you know with these shows right now uh, because one is you know they're like oh we can't have normal zombies so they had to make them slightly different right as, as though why would there be different zombies there i have no idea but they are well we started to see that in the last few episodes of the final season of Walking Dead, right? Like there were zombies who could climb walls and open doors in those last few episodes. So they're saying that the zombies are are evolving themselves, which, you know, it's kind of an interesting thought. Yeah, they're going to night school. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Night of the zombie school. There you go. Anywho, so a couple (laughs) things that strike me about it though. One is there's a whole quest thing that's going in that you watch it. Yeah, you'll see it. And then the other thing is like, there's a remarkable number of people who speak English. That's the other thing. In France, right? (laughs) No universal translator needed, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Even when they run across people who speak French, but you know, you see people having side conversations in the English. I'm like, why would they have a side right. conversation <laughs> in <laughs> English? That makes no sense. It's eh. Eh. I'm watching oh, no. it. It's it's not really grabbing me. Honestly, the story is not really like pulling me, like not sucking me through. I'm sort of watching it more of a habit right now, to be quite honest, hoping it gets better. Mm. So I don't know. I'm gonna give it a couple Too more bad. episodes, but I don't know if I'm gonna finish out the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna watch it all once all the episodes are out, mm-hmm. and then that way I can just binge it and knock it out. And I don't have to sure. worry about oh, do I want to wait and watch it next week or something like that. But I think the original thought behind the setup made perfectly logical sense in their universe. Daryl Dixon was going to go out to try and find Rick Hmm. and Michonne and bring them back into the fold. That was the whole point of the end of that episode in the final season of walking dead, he goes off on his motorcycle. Somehow his motorcycle decided to sprout water wings and he went across the Atlantic to France, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Stepped on bodies the whole way. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's just, it's like stepping stones of corpses from right. zombies. You just hop from one to one. <laughs> I feel like, I, I just wonder if they like they didn't get like too much in their own heads when they were sitting there going, well, people are going to complain if it's the same thing that we've done in the Walking Dead stuff before, you know, World Beyond ended up getting canceled after two years because people said it was samey, samey, samey and blah, blah, blah. Oh. And so they tried to put all these different spins and twists on it. And this one, Oh, well let's put him in another country. I mean, they already took characters and moved them all the way from the East coast over to Texas in other series yeah. and from California to Texas and Mexico and everything else. Yeah. These people apparently never get tired of walking. I don't know <laughs> what, what their thing. I would find a spot and just sit, Yeah, but I, I think what they're missing out on, what they're not understanding is the reason why these characters were so beloved in the original comic book and the first five, maybe six seasons of yeah. The Walking Dead are the characters. We fall in love mm-hmm. with them. They're great actors, the writing for their dialogue, their backstories. All of that is what we care about. I don't give a shit if they're in Maine or Georgia or Texas you're not going to, oh, it's France. Look, the Eiffel Tower has a zombie hanging. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Just give me Daryl Dixon, played by Norman Reedus, yeah. and let him sit back and do his awesome biker guy stuff in a zombie world. That's what I need. I don't need all the other need to be someplace else. It could have been, they could have left the United States. He could have just ran across another group that he helped, you know, and it would have been interesting. Exactly. Yeah. What are you going to do? But that's what I got. So actually, John, this is something you were looking forward to, I think, right? And I actually watched it. it, So I'm curious to hear what you think of it. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I'm enjoying it more than you're enjoying the Walking Dead series. So (laughs) (laughs) 
jumping leap. Like it's a short limb. <laughs> right. It's not not to go very far down that limb. So I was talking to this new animated series on Fox called Crapopolis, which yeah. just the name of it makes me chuckle. It's like it's like saying butt. It's just fun to say, you know, Crapopolis is great. <laughs> uh, so this is a new animated series, as I said. And I have to admit to say that I've generally been underwhelmed by most new animated series that I watch. A lot of them come along and I'll like them in concept. And then I just don't stick with them. Mm. Mm. And I don't know what it is. I, I love the animation. I love you know what they call adult animation, right? By not, which I don't mean stag film animation. I mean made for adults, not just made mm-hmm. for kids. I like that concept. You know, your family guys and your stuff like that. Uh, Solar Opposites, probably the best one in recent memory. But so many have come along and I talk about them on the show and I start watching them and I get five or six episodes in and I kind of get like, yeah. 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 Well, we're two episodes into Crapopolis. And so far, I am not suffering from that feeling. The premise is this is basically the dawn of civilization, meaning people are figuring out what's a city? How does it work to do trade with other cities and agriculture rather than just warring? You know, what if there, <laughs> what if we did the grain and you did the armor and we <laughs> traded for that? But this is all new to them. And you're following this main guy called Tyrannus, who is the, a wimpy little guy played by appropriately enough uh, IT crowds, Richard Iode. <laughs> and he's like the king of this kingdom. But his mother is... <laughs> Deliria, right? <laughs> His mother is a god, uh, played by none other than Hannah Waddingham from yeah. uh, Ted Lasso. Oh, she uh, Ted Lasso, right? She yeah. was the owner of the uh, the club, oh, Ted, Ted Lasso. Nice. Yeah. yeah, she plays this this Greek goddess named Deliria. Yeah, Deliria. <laughs> And then Matt Berry, also from the IT crowd, plays this weird, is this his father? Like part yeah. scorpion, part Pegasus, part lion. Part, he's like a weird amalgamation of things. Yeah. All these great voice actors. Keith David, uh, David Pressman, all kinds of great voices in there. Uh, and the, the concept is, again, it's the dawn of civilization, but his god parents are always coming down interfering because they want to be worshipped and they want to be revered. And it's all, anyway. The cool thing about the pilot for this first episode was it's been a long time. Maybe the best one in recent memory was the pilot for Strange New Worlds, That the first one they did. A pilot for a show is a delicate balance of tell me the characters, but don't beat me over the head with it because I've never met them before. Explain to me what their motivation is. Don't don't tell me, show me. And you still got to tell me a story. There still has to be something interesting. I'm going to say this is probably the best case of that for an animated show I've ever seen where I got to the end of it and I went, I know everybody and why they're doing what they're doing. I like everybody or hate the people I'm supposed to hate and can't wait to see more. Uh, The second episode came out and for a long time, I like, like you, George, wait for well wait for the season to get done nope if it's in i'm pushing play it is a lot of fun and i i'm happy to finally come across an animated show like this first it's goofy and silly it's called crapopolis for god's sake but it's also (laughs) well produced and it's not like overly crazy animated it's just the right amount of animation and effects but it's for the story so you got to watch some of it mo what what do you think i watched the first how do you feel about it Mm -hmm. i like it Um, it's funny there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of subtle humor like one-liner humor that if you're not paying attention you'll miss it I love that. You know, it's like there's a scene where like Aphrodite is hiding as a bird, like <laughs> spying on him. And she's like, uh, I thought that was an unusually hot bird. You know, I mean, it's like <laughs> I mean, just little jokes like that. Where, like they kind of throw in there, which, you know, if you if you're blinking, you'll just totally miss it. And the fact that his parents are like, they're not in like the pantheon of gods. Like they're not the major. They were kicked out. Mm-hmm. Of, like, it sounds like the major 12 and they're trying they're to like get a back second in there. tier kind of. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, they're like lower decks of. <laughs> of the yeah, gods. kind of so. Yeah. <laughs> But they're trying to get back up there. So they're doing all these crazy things. I like his sister because yeah. Tyrannus is like a very small, kind of very meek character. His sister is like- 
He's flat is like a big me. barbarian, huge. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, you know, oh, you know, why don't we just kill him? And he's like, no, no, no. You know, we're trying to do trade. You know, and, we're, right, and, we're trying to create civilization. Yeah, exactly. And so they yep. play off each other, I think, really well. So I agree. I mean, after the first episode, watching the second one, everyone behaved as I expected them to. Like, because I, we got I, to I know got what they we got. Like, I was like, OK, this, this makes sense. This makes sense. Mm hmm. I think that he said the voice acting is perfect for this. Um, and, you know, again, I'm I'm looking forward to the next episode already. <laughs> Maybe my favorite line, I think it's from the second episode where they effectively are trying to start the Olympics. Like we're going to bring people to this big arena and we're going to watch these silly things. They've effectively started making up a game of football by throwing rocks around and people yeah. loved it, but it's not <laughs> what he brought them there for. Yeah. But when they were planning it, they're talking to his dad, the weird amalgamation God. And he's like, bringing everybody in one place. This is Matt Barry, of course, bringing everybody to one place for a, a big party. Sounds like a recipe for an orgy. <laughs> and Delirious is like, you find recipes for orgies anywhere. He goes, oh yeah, it's a very simple recipe. <laughs> it's, it's just cleverly written. It's yeah. fun. It's a little bit tongue in cheek and it's a little bit rowdy and bawdy, but not like over the top, like Rick and Morty-ish. It's a nice middle of the road fun. Uh, and I I hope this one lasts because I'm already kind of in love with it. So mm-hmm. Crapopolis on Fox. If you're thinking about it, I'd say, yeah, go ahead and check it out. George, how about you? What have you been watching? Yeah, uh, this 100% falls into the world of sports ball, as John likes to call it. <laughs> But it's an incredibly important topic to me and to a large amount of people who have been involved in this world. So imagine, if you will, a modern story. This is uh, was filmed and released in 2021. They actually okay. have pandemic parts of this story throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie. But imagine, if you will, that right before the college national football championship game. Now, John, I know that you know, this mm-hmm. isn't a thing for you, but you went to a university. You were in a marching oh, band yeah. at the university. You know how important this kind of a thing can be. We got two national championships while I was there. I'm pretty sure I was the lucky charm, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, imagine, if you will, that the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback going to play in the game on one of the two sides mm-hmm. decided to boycott the game publicly oh, and okay. call for the NCAA to change the term from student athlete to worker and start paying all of the college athletes in all sports across all college or they would not play. Mm-hmm. So you think, mm-hmm. oh, well, it's just one player. No big deal. Well, okay. First of yeah, all, you think it's just one. Yeah, it's just one. They build the entire games of these, you know, contests around storylines and personalities. And that's where I think you can relate to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was a clash between him and this other kid on the other team who was the best running back in the country and, you know, who's going to win out and all that kind of stuff. And the coach who had been to the national championship game several times, but had never won, you know, 20 years. It's all it's very Bobby Bowden-esque a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're talking about Charlie Ward, 93 Bobby Bowden kind of thing. But I was very touched. I was emotional about this because. You guys may have heard me talk about it on the podcast before to our listeners. I know John and Mo probably know my opinions on this. I feel that college sports, as run by the NCAA, is nothing more than legalized slave trade. (laughs) 
They put these people in situations to where they cannot be successful in anything other than the sport that they bring them into play. They don't allow them to have jobs. If they get so much as a slice of pizza given to them, their scholarship can be taken away. Mm -hmm. Because it's free. And they make billions. They have some stats in this movie. I went back and looked them up, and they're pretty accurate. The NCAA during that time period brought in $18 billion in revenue Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. off of college sports, NCAA football Mm. specifically. They paid $3 billion to the schools for scholarships for athletes. Where the fuck is the other $15 billion? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Going to women's volleyball. <laughs> not, no, I don't think Probably so. Probably not. <laughs> now, you may be building up to this, but and I was listening closely, but what's mm-hmm. the name of the movie? Did you say? I know it was 2021. I did not. Okay. It's called National Champions, and the S is with a dollar sign. Uh, okay. All right. All right. So it's on Netflix. Came out in 2021. There's some actors in it that you'll know, but the main characters, the the main people, um, a lot of them you don't know. Like, um, for instance, and I can never remember the actor's name, but he's the guy who played Perry White in every DC Spider-Man oh, film um, that's out there. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, the right. coach oh, yeah. that's oh, never yeah. won the title. Yeah, like him. Oh, yeah. The guy who was on Burn Notice, he's the NCAA official guy. Crazy Eyes from Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. She is a <laughs> lawyer representing the NCAA. And they just take you through this story of what people in those positions of power and fragility would do mm-hmm. to squash the voice of an athlete with conviction. Mm. Man, up until you listed actors, I had a follow-up question that was, is this a documentary or is this a drama <laughs> or is this? But I mean, it, it sounds like it's a blurry line because it's talking about actual problems with the organization and actual problems mm-hmm. with compensation and these athletes. But it is, is this a docudrama or is it a fictionalized version of what could happen? It's a fictionalized version of what could happen. It okay. takes the same road that another TV show actually on HBO that was run by Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, called Ballers. Okay. Ballers had a five season run in their fifth season. They tackled this exact issue where they eventually called the NCAA to renounce their policies. And that actually is what has resulted in the action that we see now in real world, where a lot of college athletes are now allowed to sell their likeness rights Mm. and receive a profit for things like when jerseys are sold or video games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like you notice, uh, there are no more college football video games. And the reason why is because of all the licensing issues. So this kind of thing is starting to slowly change things for these people. But the point of the movie is right now, it's only for the superstar athletes. And this quarterback Heisman Trophy winner, he's trying to make it happen for everyone, not just himself. Mm. There's Mm. some really tense moments. I definitely cried in multiple scenes. I know I have a personal connection to this Mm storyline that may not be with a lot of our audience, but I'm telling you, when our young people are being fucked over and taken advantage of by a large sinister organization and make no mm-hmm. doubt about it the NCAA is a large sinister organization <laughs> to the extreme I love it when people call them out on their bullshit and one that we cheer for on the weekends mm-hmm. yeah knowing and kind of like trying ourselves to forget that this is going on so that we can enjoy the event but we know there there are problems with the problems with the system so shine yeah. a light on it and people's right. stories you can get behind that yeah All right. sports ball or no I think I might check it out <laughs> I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. 
Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. All right, gents, it is update time. We spoke a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we mm -hmm. talked about how first impressions really matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, since that's the first thing people see, they might think that you're just don't care about your appearance or you're just letting yourself go to pot, which might not be too <laughs> far from reality for us. Yeah. <laughs> but as uh, members of the Evergreen Podcast Network, we got the opportunity to uh, take samples of the new Caldera Labs regimen for men. And it's it's a skincare uh, set of products. Yeah. You know, I was a little wary to try this thing. And, but mm. let me tell you, it really was like, really, it, it, you do it after you brush your teeth. It takes a couple minutes. And mm -hmm. the thing that really surprised me is how long these things last. I thought these, I was like a small jar, but man, this thing seems like it's going to last forever. Hmm. Uh, you only need little bits. That's right. <laughs> it's really stretching out. I think I had said last time we spoke that since I have to stand up in front of my camera, at least every day for my daily vlog, that I have to look at my ugly face, like high res, <laughs> 4K on my TV all the time. And I don't think it's a placebo effect. I am getting a little bit clearer skin. Now it's not perfect yet. We've been at this for a couple of mm -hmm. weeks, but I do see improvements and you know fewer breakouts and things like that. The biggest one for me is there's one that you do in the morning that's called Icon. It's E-Y-E. Mm -hmm. C-O-N. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. like you just put this little dab on your finger and you rub it on those bags under your eyes that I definitely have <laughs> and on your eyelids. And it's supposed to moisturize and reduce swelling and stuff like that. And I think it's working. I hope it's working because I need it, but I'm, I'm grateful that I have this to give it a shot. <laughs> Again, I don't know if this is just placebo effect or whatever, but I, my skin feels better. My face feels better using this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's something I'm definitely going to continue with. And maybe it's because we're paying attention to our skin. That's probably... Yeah, that could no, be it too. What do you think? What do you think? George, do I look better? Am I more handsome? There's only well, one correct answer. There's one correct answer. More handsome implies that you were originally handsome to begin with. I could be more handsome than ugly, so I could just be a small improvement and still be hideous. It's okay. So. Yeah, you could be. However. <laughs> All right now. <laughs> So we will keep you updated as we progress with this. We've been at it for a few weeks. But if you're interested in checking this out, uh, we have an exclusive offer for you. And this is the best offer Caldera has right now. You can go to their website at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now using promo code GENX. So again, that's calderalab.com using promo code GENX, 20% off. And that's their best offer. And again, we will keep you updated with how the products are working for us. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. From the time I get up in the morning, it's a race with the clock. So I don't have time to slow down for a cold, much less a cold medicine that makes me drowsy. That's why I count on Sudafed for fast relief without feeling drowsy. Sudafed starts to relieve a stuffy nose and clogged sinuses in as quick as 22 minutes without drowsiness. Just 22 minutes and you can get on with your day. Sudafed, the fast acting cold medicine that won't slow you down. So, John. Yes. Yes, sir. What do you got? Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you kick us off for Tech and Toys this one? <laughs> I think I picked on George last time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, here's the thing. Very often, Mo, you will start your own segment, Tech yeah. and Toys, going, what I have is not very interesting. And then it turns yeah, out it's yeah. actually pretty interesting. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure mine is not very interesting. And I think I might take the cake. <laughs> but really, <laughs> the thing I bought, the new tech toy I bought is called an HDMI dummy plug. It already sounds stupid. It's got dummy right in the name. But <laughs> what? Okay. I recently rebuilt my Plex server. Mm-hmm. So, And by rebuild, I mean migrated the entirety of my Plex server to a brand new physical box because I have more and more clients. Uh, that PC was not doing great. It was overloaded most of the time and maxed out. Excuse me, the sir. The fan was... Excuse hmm? me, sir. Yep. Point of yes. order. Yes. You need to change the word clients to sharers of entertainment. <laughs> yes, that, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Those with whom I share my public domain material. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, th- so that CPU would get... It would, the fan would be full blast all the time and it was loud. And so I built in a new box. It had a nice GPU, it had an old video card mm-hmm. in it. All that went great. However, once you plug it in where it's going to be in the entertainment center, it has no monitor. And so like, no problem. I'll use any desk to remote into it. By the way, Plex server migration went beautifully, working great. Mm. That part's done. But I found like, why won't any desk connect? It'll find it. I can ping it and it wouldn't connect. And that's the only way I could actually see what was going on in the computer because there's no monitor plugged into it. Sure. It was then that I learned a problem that I had repeatedly with multiple computers and I could never figure this out in my working life, my pr- private life, is that remote desktop applications, many of them, any desk included, can only transmit a screen if there is in fact a screen being generated. Now that might sound stupid, but some monitors, when you plug oh. into them, when, the, when it's disconnected, yep. the computer knows there's no monitor there. So, it doesn't so do any desk goes, oh. I don't have a screen to show you, dude. So the next thing I did was schlep a damn... Monitor. <laughs> monitor in, plug it in. And that was the only way I could actually remote into this box. So I did a little research and I found a solution for that. So really, this is a short version of saying, when you run into this, I know how to fix it finally. (laughs) There's a thing (laughs) called an HDMI dummy plug. It plugs into an HDMI port and it tells the computer... There's a monitor there, oh, so but there's no monitor. It looks like yeah. a little dongle, like you like a, a a dongle for a 2.4 gigahertz mouse or something. It just plugs flat, but it plugs in the HDMI port. It tells the signal. Now you have one. And I'd run into this so many times. I bought three of them, They're like three bucks a piece. I'll give you the oh, link. Okay, Mo. cheap. Okay, it's it's one of those things. Now is like, oh, give me give me, give me three or four of them because you're going to run into this. I certainly did, uh, and I it's, it was so asinine and simple that I never bothered to ask anybody why is it not working. I'm just like, I'll figure it out one day. And I never did. And it was that day when I just couldn't get to the Plex. I'm going to figure this out finally. And that's all it was. (laughs) It needs to be creating a signal to broadcast remotely. So Uh, HDMI dummy plug is what you need if you're running into, if you're like me, an HDMI dummy and didn't know that was required for your remote desktop (laughs) software. I mean, that's, you know, that's not that bad. I mean, that's a a real problem that people have that you found a solution for. So, you know, it's not very exciting. I think it's funny because you're sophisticated enough to build this extra machine and have VMs and any desk and everything. But the thing that was tripping you up uh, was the display cable. <laughs> right, was, exactly. That was where you were at. Because <laughs> like, it worked when I was over there plugged into a monitor. Why is it not working now? Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. Now we know. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. So what do you got, Mo? Is your segment, I'm sure you got something more interesting than mine. Go for I, it. I don't know if it is, actually, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I set you up for success, man. Uh, you know, hey, you got to be real. So um, I've been doing some more traveling lately. And one of the big things is when you travel overseas, especially, is having something you can plug your stuff into right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. most of the time it's not a big problem because 
you can just get like a basic thing that just basically converts it from one type of plug to another plug and usually your stuff will work for the most part because mm-hmm. they had the yeah. built-in steppers and all that stuff into the bricks that kind right. of thing yes but like my girlfriend she brings a hair dryer that doesn't work mm-hmm. right so i had to find an adapter that actually had a, a voltage converter in it as well like a down stepper or oh, 220 right. to whatever, a down right? stepper mm-hmm. and the ones i had found before were all kind of bulky like they were big Kind of almost like a little power strip, almost the size. Mm-hmm. So I All found right. one that basically it's a single cube. It's about three inches on each side, built-in power converter that you could turn on and off. You don't have to have it on all the time if you don't want to, okay. if you don't need it. Good. That will actually step down from like 220 to 110. Perfect. And it does that seamlessly. It has fuses also. So, you know, if your fuse will blow before your thing will blow. And it just worked really well. And the really thing was that it works on every major country. It's like Europe and it's got all the major plugs on it. And it was 25 bucks, which mm, I thought was pretty go. good. Why are other countries so inconsiderate as to not just match our stupid electric electrical rules? You know, know. life would be a lot simpler, wouldn't <laughs> It, or at least if they all got in the same page, <laughs> they only had to worry about one adapter. <laughs> we acknowledge we are Americans and we're idiots. Would you just pick one so we can get one adapter when we come visit you intelligent countries? That would be, yeah. that would be really nice. Although it's funny, and John, you experience this. You can always travel. You always know when you travel to a uh, a country that England rules at one point because they all have the British plugs. <laughs> they had that plug. That's right. Yep. Yep. Oh, you were the infrastructure was put point. in place during that point of time. You're right. Yep. <laughs> so like I said, I'll throw a link on Amazon, of course, so you do. But he said it's 25, 26 bucks and it'll pretty much plug anything into anything when you're traveling overseas. All right, cool. Thanks. Yeah. So that's what I got. So George, give us something fun, please. Um, Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're both very utilitarian stuff here. We're talking about Keep the whole segment just boring as can be. No, you'll put a little excitement <laughs> in it. That's a good idea. I mean, so Replicate is one of our favorite uh, uh, toy yeah. lines from New Wave Toys. We work with them. They send us free stuff all the time. I know that a lot of our fans out there understand our love for these products because they bring back that nostalgic feel we had of playing those video games and actually being able to own like really highly detailed versions, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. albeit small shelf sized of those arcade games that we love. The most recent one that has finally made it its way through shipping hell and overseas transports (laughs) and everything is the Replicade Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghosts and Goblins. They did Mm -hmm. two cabinets. Both cabinets have the same two games on them. Okay. So Mm -hmm. you can play either one, kind of like that 1942 cabinet that also had 1943 on it. Right. But Mm -hmm. you could buy whichever version you liked more aesthetically. Mm -hmm. The main noticeable difference of this machine over any thing they've done in the past it has a coin drawer well then they all had a little coin door yeah they all they? had a little one no no they? drawer oh a drawer a drawer yeah so you could put the coins like well, explain i don't understand yeah yeah <laughs> so you ever been to an arcade you've ever looked at somebody opening up the coin yeah. drawer of yeah, a like real a arcade machine that where all the quarters bucket. are kept or yeah, tokens, middle bucket right or something yeah that's yeah. Right, right below yeah. that's that little um that little square that's below mm-hmm. your coin slots because you know they use gravity to put your mm-hmm. this machine accepts their little tiny one six oh, the scale little quarters quarters that you could never put in there they'll actually yes you're like not okay. only does it accept them they give you the credits you need to play the game when the coin oh, slots kind of cool that's yes mm. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's a neat little 
added extra thing that they've tried to do. You know, they're upping their game yeah. all the time. They're mm-hmm. evolving these machines. They keep adding stuff. So this one, the left coin slot is one where you can put the quarter in. The right uh-huh. coin slot, you can just press like you always could, and it'll oh, add okay. coins. If you want to get to the menu now, instead of it being on one of the coin slot buttons, you now have right. to press down the player one, player two button simultaneously to take okay. you to the menu. So, yeah, Switch games, change your marquee lights, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Other than that, most of the other features they've been doing over the last couple are still there. They've gave you multiple color joystick tops to switch out if you like. Oh. It was red, yellow, black, green, whatever. Oh, okay. All, all included or you have to buy them after? All included. It's oh, okay. all included. Wow. Yep. They give you the manual that's kind of mimicked after the original manuals, mm-hmm. but ghosts and ghouls and ghoul, goblins and ghouls, ghosts and whatever. <laughs> There's like three different G's in this thing. Most of the cabinets back then were not purpose built for this game. They were mostly right. conversion kits. Yeah. So that's why when you go back and look online to find these things, that's why you have such a hard time defining what was the original for them to mimic because they were all different. So it's a fun system, plays well. I enjoy it. $160 right now on Ooh, their website if you geez. didn't buy it early. <laughs> so... You know who would really appreciate these? I think even if they didn't like arcade games, people that design dollhouses. Not that they're the right scale for a dollhouse necessarily, but you know how mm-hmm. people that do, or, or, or train hobbyists, they're always looking for a way to effectively mimic what happens in real life on a miniature scale and get all the little yeah. details in there. And I know, I, wasn't this the one where they have like the the locking bar that was more secure? Yep. They have that fake thing. Mm-hmm. They've always had like uh, like import and license stickers on the back, like it was inspected by. They even somebody. have like a fake power cord that you can plug into the back that you would then <laughs> be able to plug into something. It doesn't do anything, but right. it's there. So cool. And I, didn't they do some improvements over, now I haven't seen this one in person, but starting with Missile Command, they had like an actual, like a, a CRT simulated screen, like a lens that makes it yeah, look. Yeah, the lens that kind of gives it that warp yeah. effect that you would have yeah. on a CRT. Yeah, this one is, this one's much better than the Missile Command. The Missile Command was the first one they did that on. And That's it right. Was, you know, received like kind of, yeah, some people liked it. Some people didn't. Certainly. Uh, I personally didn't have too much of a problem with it, but I could understand what people's complaints were mm-hmm. with this one. It feels to me like it's a lot less distorted and mm-hmm. feels more true to what the game would have been like. Okay. It just gives you the, like the visual impression. Like it should just be a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Whereas the missile command kind of was there. It's a giant bulb <laughs> sticking out from the screen. Whereas now they've kind of toned that down. I had heard yeah. they were doing that. I was curious how that turned out. So it sounds like yeah. nice. across the board, improvements Uh, definitely and you know to your point about people who want to do diorama displays that kind of stuff there's Mm -hmm. whole communities out there on facebook where they post their pictures with their little seven inch action figures (laughs) playing the different games and just recently replicate has announced a new addition to their vending lineup we know they have the coke machine oh yep they had the usb changer things Mm -hmm. that were the Mm -hmm. chargers Mm -hmm. for usb well the new one i don't know how i feel about this it's a 1970 cigarette machine. Oh, I mean, they were there. They, they were the thing. Yeah. And it is a USB charger, but ugh. why don't you know how you feel about it? Just because you think it promotes smoking I, or something? I mean, it's accurate. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it, we might be living in a society where it doesn't have the same place that might've had 20 years ago. Mm. Um, I think that especially considered this is, called a toy for a lot of people you know toys are often marketed toward children even though this is an expensive toy and high-end and whatnot mm. uh, there it could give the wrong impression to possibly 
the Karens of the world who want to scream about it <laughs> okay. and cause well. a bunch of media sensations and could end up hurting the company company. Oh, I see. They had other options. Why not do a candy and chips machine? Yeah. It was the same form factor. You pull the knob out, the slot falls back. Like, you know, that's coming. It was kind of bold to just do the cigarette machine. I guess so. Yeah. 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 You know what? So, Karens are going to be upset no matter what. Just, just, yeah. We just happen to give them something to be upset about, I guess. So. Exactly. I just don't want it to kill the company because we yeah. love what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have to see how that pans out. So you think you're going to get a cigarette machine to add to your collection? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Of course <laughs> you are. Of course you are. <laughs> he doesn't feel that bad about it. <laughs> Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on! Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Year after year, the taste of Diet 7-Up just couldn't be beat. Come on, big guy. You can do it. Diet Coke couldn't do it. Piece of cake. Diet Pepsi couldn't do it. Go for it, kid. Diet Sprite could not do it. Even with 100% Nutrisweet, these contenders still can't beat the crisp, clean taste of Diet 7-Up. Now with 100% Nutrisweet, Diet 7-Up, the taste they just can't beat. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Man, we have a full slate of games to get through today. We have been mm-hmm. playing games left, right, and center, and I know we've got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right into it. John, what have you mm-hmm. been playing? Yeah, so we've been trying to do a lot more live streams lately. A lot of folks really have been enjoying them. Uh, and I mm-hmm. was some, some lazy Saturday or Sunday a week or so ago when I'm like, you know what I haven't played in forever, what I'm dying to play? Donkey Kong Country from 1994. <laughs> this came out of the Super Why? Nintendo. Yeah, well, Just just had a bug that you wanted to play that game? Yeah, or? well, here's the thing. I have played at that game all the time, but I haven't actually played the game to accomplish the goals, like with a save that I'm trying to, you know, get to the end in probably since 98, like 25 years, the last time I seriously played the game. Okay. Wow. And it's fantastic. I mean, this, this game effectively gave the Super Nintendo five more years of life. People thought it was done. It was played out. And then Rare came along with their pre-ray traced sprites and people were like, holy crap, this is Super Nintendo? And and plus it was Donkey Kong, which, you know, rang yeah. a bell for me, yeah. which is fantastic. So I did a live stream of it and I probably got through about eh, 15% of it or so, which is good for a two and a half to three hour live stream, I guess. But here's something that I discovered. You hear, you hear people talking about, you know, oh, these old games are dumb. These old games are stupid, especially I do Atari games and, and kids are like, these games are too rudimentary and terrible. That's not the experience that I have with this game. I love this game. But what I found out was after 25 years of an evolution of games that have tutorials and war up levels and hold your mm. hand and get mm-hmm. ramped up and super forgiveness. Donkey Kong Country ain't that. This is <laughs> this is a game. So there's 
there's a part of this game that reminds me of a Temple of Doom. It's called Minecart Mayhem, where you're in one of those little minecarts and you and Donkey, right, yeah. Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong are in the little minecart and you've got to jump at certain places to avoid gaps in the you track. You've got to jump into barrels that shoot you places. Yes, you've yeah. got to not jump at times. You've got to remember when not to jump. And remember this game, I'm traveling top speed left to right on a four by three screen. It's not 16 by nine. I'm like, I need to see farther ahead. I'm so spoiled <laughs> by the modern architecture of even retro games that have that modern sensibility of like, let's, you know, guide you into this. Let's ease you into it kind of thing. And while Donkey Kong Country is well designed and it does give you those first couple levels, once you get past that first couple levels, it is balls to the wall. It is full <laughs> speed. And it probably took me an hour to get through that one level because I effectively had to memorize the track and jump before I saw the thing to jump oh. over because it was just way wow. too fast. And of course, it made me hate the game and I'm not going to play it ever again. <laughs> yeah. It just made me love it all the more. So <laughs> uh, periodically when I'm having an afternoon where I'm like, I would love to live stream and I'm, you know, I'm a bachelor, nobody's home or somebody's, you know, the wife's out playing pickleball or whatever. Donkey Kong Country is going to be the one that I fire up and go, all right, let's progress and see where we can get from here. What's the next <laughs> bit? Because I want to complete that game again now. And, you know, 25 years later, I think it's it's time to go back after it. So <laughs> uh, what about you, Mo? What have you been playing? I've been playing a game called, well, the, that show The Expanse on uh, Amazon mm, Prime. Mm, it was mm, on Sci-Fi. Mm. I went to Amazon Prime. Loved that show. It's one of my favorite science fiction series ever. They actually came out with a Telltale game based on oh. it. Oh, ah, okay. I don't remember Telltale had like a huge problem where like everyone got fired because the company was like mismanaged. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and projects were limbo. They didn't right. get finished. Yep. And there was like projects a Wolf Among Us sequel, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. other gaming company swept in and like pretty much hired everybody. And mm. so this is like one of the, I think the second game I think they've come out with since they kind of are now under like a new umbrella. Uh-huh. I've always loved, loved the Telltale games. And it basically it's like sure. a, a book, interactive book is what it almost seems like to me, you know, with mm-hmm. some options. That's, in there. that's a good explanation. Yeah. And so this one, again, you're right there in the world of The Expanse. It takes place before the events of the show. Uh, you're okay, playing, okay. You see some of the familiar characters in it. You're on a ship that's like about to like do some sort of scavenging thing. And the guy's like, this is the one hall. You this hall, you'll be set for life, you know, and the whole bit, you know. And so far, I said, I play like maybe an hour into it. Um, I could definitely see this is going to take a while to get through. I don't know how long. I didn't look it up, but I'm like, okay, I'm an hour and I'm like, I feel like I'm on step still in the first chapter you know, of the book, you know, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. I said, I just like that you could, you know, you could take the extra time to learn about the characters or learn about the other people around you. You could talk to them and they'll have conversations that may have nothing to do with the real story, but it just kind of adds color to everything else that's going on around you, you know, so I'm really enjoying it. Telltale games are like that too, because- mm-hmm. Being the same drum here, it's about story, it's about character. And because of the way these are, very good explanation, it's kind of like a book you're playing through because you can just run through the game and not learn about people. Oh, yeah. But if you spend the time, it's a pretty rich tapestry of characters that Telltale tends to weave. I've not played Expanse, but based on their history, that's the kind of thing that I expect out of a game like this. And it sounds like they're delivering it here, even after their downfall and resurrection. Yeah, they definitely are. You know, I said I was a big fan of the Walking Dead series games that they did mm, yeah. oh right yeah they, yeah. they were amazing yeah. i thought even that fairy tale new york one was really really good oh yeah yeah yeah. the wolf among the us. wolf among us yeah wolf yeah. among us yeah i love that yep. one too 
and I say I think this is like um, now the game was twenty six bucks. I think I paid for it. Yeah, it's going to be four chapters, you know, because they release them like in parts. Right, they do them like oh, episodes, kind of. Right, yeah. But I think twenty six. I think I, I paid. You get all four. You just have to. They don't all come out at the same time mm-hmm. though. They're going to come out right. over the next like three or four months. They're going to you know just spoon feed them out. But great game. It's up to the same quality and standards of all the other ones. So if you enjoyed Dude, it before, you definitely like this one. Awesome. Yep. So what do you got, George? Yeah, uh, I've got a game that actually comes to us from one of our dear old friends from our childhood, Atari, has released <laughs> a game called Days of Doom. Now, uh-huh. this game actually comes from a developing company called Sneaky Box, and then Atari is the publisher of the mm-hmm, game. Okay. It's a really fun turn-based strategy fighting kind of game. Like the games of old, like uh, when I played on my Commodore 64, I had this game called Fantasy. And in Fantasy, you could get these different characters. like With a PH, right? Fantasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, PH. Mm -hmm, Yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you would meet opponents in that world, each one of your guys would get a chance to do an attack or a defense or something. And that was his turn for that round. So turn-based strategy type of thing. That's what this game is. Uh, It's very polished as far as its art style is concerned. It's very cartoony. So it's approachable from a younger audience. It's not going to scare little kids too much or anything. Um, (laughs) Or at least old enough to play the game and understand it. Fun characters, well-crafted storyline that's tight and small. So you don't feel like it's an overwhelming thing that you have to spend hours and hours and hours figuring out. Like Hmm. you can literally start playing it five minutes after you load the game, kind of like John, your point of Donkey Kong Country, right? Right. You don't have to go through a bunch of tutorial stuff with this. I've been playing it for a couple of weeks now since they gave us some uh, keys to it and they gave us even some keys to give away. So we did some live streams. That's right. We did one on YouTube. We did another one on Twitch and it has been a really fun game to relax with. Now I am the first to admit it is not the most exciting live stream game. (laughs) It was okay though. I watched your live stream. It was okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, it can be about chill. It's got some fun little story elements. Like uh, there's this one line that happened in there in the gameplay on the last live stream where I came across this casino style caravan place and I had two options. I could try my luck at playing one of the casino games, or I could pay some of my uh, scrap metal, which is a currency in this world. I could pay some of my scrap metal for an encounter with a pleasurable person or something like that was how they put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so everybody said, well, you have to do that option. So I did. It turned out it was yeah, like you, a- you, did, you did leave it up to the popular, the masses that determine what you did. So I did. Yeah. Turned out it was a fighter that I got to add to my party (laughs) after winning that particular combat. It was, it's a fun little game. The object is to go through six maps and get all the way to sanctuary Mm. because you're in a zombie apocalypse kind of place, days of doom. So fun game. Atari is doing great right now with all the stuff they're putting out there, licenses they're reacquiring, products that they're coming out with. I was really a big fan of what they're doing, and I really like this game. You know what I really appreciate about Atari right now under Wade Rosen, who's the current CEO, is they're fighting on multiple fronts. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are doubling and tripling and umpting, tupling down on the nostalgic stuff, all the sure. 2600 stuff and all that. Yeah, they're doing that. And then they're taking that stuff and they're modernizing it. So that's like the recharge mm-hmm. line 
Time and the you know the mm-hmm. forthcoming mm-hmm. Lunar Lander reboot and all that stuff. That's gonna yep. be cool. Plus, there's all the crazy stuff that I don't even understand, like the crypto that they're doing and the NFTs and stuff that I'm really sketchy <laughs> on. But they're also doing brand new games. Yeah. And not just, you know, Centipede 7. We're talking about new franchises, new IPs, new ideas. I think a Combinera uh, not too mm-hmm. long ago that we looked at, which is like a big open puzzle game. Mr. Run and Jump that's uh, coming out yep. on 2600 <laughs> and is already out on consoles. I love that they're just, they're like, you know, we are a video game powerhouse. Part of one of the pillars for us is our legacy of old games. We're supporting that, but they're not just leaning on that. They're putting new things out in the world yeah. based on, and, and this is just another indication of that. And I, I love that they're doing that to reinforce this company that I want to bring back. It's on its way back to prominence as it should be. Yeah. And they're doing a great job too in working with the fandom. So we have kind of a new, newly developed partnership relationship with them mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mo watched the stream last night. He might remember. I was curious. I didn't understand why I couldn't do a certain thing. I wanted to go back to my base camp, upgrade some stuff, get some new things mm-hmm. and stuff, and then continue my journey. And I wasn't sure how to do that. So at the start of the live stream, I emailed our contacts over at Atari. I'm like, I know it's 930 at night. You'll never see this till tomorrow. <laughs> but the next time I do a stream, I kind of want to have an answer. Can I go back to my base camp? Not only did that person that I emailed respond back to me, and he's like, look, I'm not really sure. Let me get the producer on this email thread. He got the producer on the email thread, who mm-hmm. then two minutes after that emailed me and explained the whole thing to me that I got to share with our audience. Results. Cool. Communication. I mean, Atari, openness. Yeah, they're, Thank you. They're doing such a good job of listening and respecting their fan base. That's that's not a common thing in big business anymore. No, and not. I'm very happy to see that somebody that started with our generation mm-hmm. is carrying on that legacy of openness. Now, we've kind of hinted around a little bit about it, John. Yep. You did a live stream recently on Donkey Kong. I did this one here on uh, Days of Doom. What we have decided to do between you and I is uh, create kind of a new thing for Gen X growing up a little bit. Over on Twitch, every Tuesday, John already does a live podcast edit for this particular podcast. Mm -hmm. You want to see how the sauce is made? You want to see how the chicken bones are ground (laughs) up? You can watch John go through the whole edit process and finish an episode in that time frame. It's really fun. A lot of interactive people Mm -hmm. are joking and you know having a good time. Yeah. As you said, that's Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, every single week. That's right. Exactly. Twitch is mostly known as a gaming live streaming platform, right? Mm -hmm. So because I have wanted to start playing games again, but it's hard to get motivated to get out of my chair and watch, you know, another movie about sports ball or something like that. I decided, let me try to do some live streaming, see if that's fun. And it has been the interaction, even if it's, you know, just a small number of people, or if it's a large group, doesn't matter. The interaction with the audience has been what I've loved. So what we have now has established Gen X Grown Up Twitch Tuesdays is what I'm calling it. John (laughs) is on at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I'm on at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Mm -hmm. John's doing the podcast edit. I'm going to be playing a game. It's a lot of fun. We're, We're working on all of our stuff to make it look pretty and exciting. Mm-hmm. Like all the kids have, you know, our stuff, we're old, so. <laughs> but I just want to put it out there. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to, you know, have a little bit more interaction with us, mm-hmm. Twitch Tuesdays is a great way to get with us live and have a good time and enjoy what we're doing. Yeah. Cool. I've been to all the ones you've done so far and you've been to the ones that I've done and it's, we always have a good time. We always have a good time. Mm-hmm. It, it adds to the game. It makes the game greater than what it is to be able to share it with somebody and, 
make fun of this, or, you know, enjoy that or suggest you, know, you put out, like you said, you know, hey, audience, what should I do? Should mm-hmm. I pay my scrap metal yep. for this or for that? And they tell you and you kind of guide it. So, of course, we always threw them in the most dangerous option. Of, yeah, yeah. That's the there point. No oh, that's the point <laughs> to make George uncomfortable. Yes. There were no choices where I was allowed to avoid the possible trap. It was, no, go search <laughs> no. that yeah, go, empty go. bus in the middle of a field. Yeah, yeah go poke <laughs> that thing. It's fine. <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, We explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Hello, Mother. Daddy, you too. Love my classes. Here at State U, just one problem, it's my laundry. Miss that nice fresh smell, hey mom, I'm in a quandary. You miss Downey, that'll do it. April freshness, rinses through it. Deep down softness, it goes all through. Makes your clothes feel just like home the way you're used to. Downey freshness makes a difference, love, we miss you. April Fresh Downy, that soft, fresh feeling of home. As we come into the back end of the show here, we always like to take a couple of seconds to talk about the things we're either looking at right now or looking forward to between now and the next time we all get a chance to sit down and record. Um, And I have a couple of items that I'm really looking forward to. The first is one of my favorite series is inexplicably making a comeback. October 12th, Frasier comes back to television. What? Wow. what? You mean actually coming back, not reboot? Actual, fra- brand new episodes. Brand. It's not a reboot. It's a continuation of Frasier. Huh. And it's now, yeah, yeah. He's still a radio, uh, like, um, a therapist, therapist, I guess. Psychologist, you know, kind of thing. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now he's moved to a new town. I think he's now with his family and his son and some other people. And mm. the, the stories have changed, but Frasier is the same. And I saw the new promo and you just have to watch that promo for one minute and go, this has the Frasier vibe. How can you be a mm. pompous prick in under 30 seconds? Boom. <laughs> Frasier can do it <laughs> without even trying. <laughs> Uh, you get it, October 12th is on Paramount Plus. You got to check it out over there. I expect the first couple, what streaming services usually do is like to get your attention, I'll put the first couple episodes out free on YouTube or something. Right, so sure. it's a good place to check it out. I don't know for sure they're going to do that, but usually they do. Or if you have Paramount Plus, you can watch it there. Uh, the other thing I'm really looking forward to is my wife found this. This is not a piece of media that you can go watch or anything. You guys probably know I am a huge dork about old radio shows from the 40s. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the most famous ones in 1938 when Orson Welles adapted H.G. Wells' War of the World mm, on Halloween mm, night. Yeah and failed to give the appropriate warnings and people thought aliens were actually invading. Yeah. yeah. So I've always loved like that story. at the very beginning, but everybody tuned in late. For exactly some right. Or something. Yeah. Because yeah. there were other shows you hopped around the radio dial and people didn't hear the beginning to know exactly right. 
I, so I love the story behind that. I have visited the place where that was allegedly supposed to have happened in Grover's Mill, New Jersey. I made a pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Love that. A little north of us in Kingsland, Georgia, there is a performance troupe that does all different plays throughout the year. And they're doing a reenactment of this War of the Worlds radio broadcast live. Uh, the so, extra twist yeah. is not a reenactment of the original 1938. The conceit here is this is 10 years later in 1948. Oh. And to celebrate the anniversary of when it happened, this little radio station is going to do the same show for us without scaring anybody. So I, I'm so <laughs> looking forward to this. No, that sounds cool. Yeah, I, I'm so happy that you said, though, that it's based on the 38 radio show because it's my belief, having read both the book, listened to that mm-hmm. radio show, plus all the things that have come out after the hellacious Tom Cruise thing, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the 1938 Orson Welles radio show is the best version of that story. Oh, yeah. Even far more so than the H.G. Wells book, which is good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong for its time and the writer and everything. It's good. But that Orson Welles show is so captivating. The H.G. Wells novel is kind of like stereo instructions at this point. It's just yeah. whereas yeah. The, the, the radio adaptation like made it exciting and interesting and brought life yeah. to it. And the other one was very clinical. And here's what happened next. And very doc, which is why they addressed it in the radio show the way they did. But uh, so we're going to drive up to Kingsland, Georgia, October 7th. We bought front row tickets to this show to watch people pretend they're in 1948 reenacting a radio <laughs> presentation of War of the World by H.G. Wells, reinterpreting what Orson Welles did. Anyway, it's kind of meta. It's kind of multifaceted, but it's it's exactly kind of nerdy for me. And uh, I can't wait to do that. That's the thing I'm most looking forward to between now and the next time we talk. Mo, how about you? What do you got coming up? Uh, Let's see. There's a new show on Amazon called Gen V. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's basically the world of the boys, except it's like, it's a little bit later. It's like, so it's a generation of kids who understand that their powers are coming from that that chemical thing that they Mm -hmm. took or whatever. Oh, okay. And so it's about life after the boys, I guess. Uh, I'm not even okay. sure how much Ooh. after it takes, but mm-hmm. the trailer, you see him almost like at a college campus and you see statues of some of the heroes from the boys and stuff. So you're like, oh. okay, I'm not really sure of the time frame, but it looks interesting. <laughs> it looks very interesting. Cool. Return of a series that John, I know you liked that apparently this one made it just under the writer's strike. Quantum Leap season two. When? October 4th. Hell yes. Oh, I was, I was worried we had to wait another year for that. Oh, my goodness. Nope, it apparently made it just prior to the writer's strike. Wow, so that's great. Is when they had in the can. And the last thing I'm definitely looking forward to is going on a vacation. So mm. <laughs> tomorrow, I'm hope, hopefully getting on a plane. Speaking of the power adapter. Yeah, speaking of that power adapter, it's definitely going to get some use, hopefully in the next day or so. But yeah, so that's what I'm really looking forward to. I have been on like a real vacation and I can't tell you how long. So definitely looking forward to this and taking some time to recharge. So, well, well, where are you going? Overseas, clearly, because you need the power. Overseas, yeah. Going to go to Italy for a couple of days and going to spend the rest of the time in Sicily. Ah, oh, so okay. climb Mount Etna, see a volcano, hopefully not die, and do all sorts of other fun things. So it's going to be good. <laughs> that's the important part. We, we. Yeah. Don't fall into the lava. That's, that's, I heard that's good a rule. <laughs> so that's what I'm like. How about you, George? What do you got going? Uh, well, two of the things I'm looking forward to have actually already taken place by the time you guys hear this podcast. The first one, an old series about reviving failing businesses, uh, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen nightmares it's been about 10 years since the last season really they're coming back now um they decided to frame it you know like restaurants coming back after the pandemic kind of thing okay Mm -hmm. so season seven started on september 25th over on fox i've watched the first episode it's exactly what it was before uh he's seemingly a little bit nicer so far he's older that's not good yeah (laughs) we wanted to be the abusive jerk that's the fun part yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> another point to Moe's, you know, getting in just before the writer's strike, uh, which, by the way, guys, is officially yes. over. Woo-hoo! Yeah, right. They're just yeah, waiting right? to actually do the agreement to sign it or whatever, but people yes. are going back to work. They have, right. to, yep, they have to vote on Good it. for those people for getting everything that they wanted in their negotiations. I'm so happy for the writers. But <laughs> this show started on NBC on September 25th. It's called The Irrational. So Ooh. this stars Jesse L. Martin. Now, this is the guy who was on Law & Order as one of the two main police detectives for a long time. Then he was the main police detective and Iris West Allen's father on The Flash. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Jesse L. Martin. So he stars as a behavioral psychologist who is called in once in a while to assist the FBI in notable cases or things that they can't figure out. And I'm just going to tell you the first opening scene of the first show, and you'll understand why I love this character in this show 100%. So there's a guy who has a baby and his mother hostage, and the FBI is trying to talk him down. And they call Jesse L. Martin in there and he's like, gets on the phone with the guy and he's going, okay, yeah. So I'm just here because the FBI only calls me when they really don't know what the fuck to do. So kudos to you. You've done a great job so far. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to get you your helicopter. And the other cops are like, no, we're not getting him the helicopter. And he's like, he's like, I'm just curious. Do you want this type of helicopter or this one? Because this one is faster, but this one goes further distance. And the guy's like, uh, the, the, the faster one. He's like, okay, great. Now, do you want it to land on the roof or on the ground outside? Which, you know, have you thought that through? You know what? I just thought about this. Have you decided how you're going to dispose of the pilot's body? Cause you know, you can't trust him when you get to your destination, you're going to have to kill him. So, oh, are you going to take the baby with you? Or are you just going to shoot it now? Now, if you shoot it now, you're not going to have any leverage. So you need to take the baby with you. And he just keeps talking this guy it. through all yeah. the poor decisions that he's faced with and the guy just says fuck it and throws his gun out the window <laughs> there you go oh, i man. love that, that this great. guy is using rational thought yep. to stop irrational crimes yeah. mm, it's neat. exactly what i would love to be if that were a real thing <laughs> i mean anyway it's already out there september 25th nbc go check it out if you love police procedurals the thing I'm most looking forward to that hasn't come out yet, because I have a very personal connection to the original, The Exorcist Believer drops mm. on October 6th right. in theaters. This is still, the original Exorcist is still the only horror film that to this day still unnerves me. Mm. It's creepy as hell. I, I have loved horror movies my whole life. This is the movie that when I first watched it on a VHS tape, in the middle of a storm while I was in the house by myself to, I couldn't finish it back then. <laughs> yeah. And wow. I was like, like 15 or something like that. Oh, is this one with the two girls? Yeah. This one is with the two oh, girls who yes, bring back demons yeah. together. Oh, yep. it looks really creepy in the best exorcist version. The, the other exorcist sequels were meh, not really that great. Mm-hmm. This one looks like they've gone back to the well to do it right. Cool. You'll like this, George. In anticipation of this new film, I started rewatching the original mm-hmm. and I had to stop. I had to pause. Because, right? <laughs> because it was, it's so heavy and it's so... So what I'm looking it's for, I feel brutal. the weight on my shoulders, like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Yeah. I, and you know what's going to happen already, but yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, the writer's strike clearing out is going to make the looking forward to get even more interesting if it weren't already interesting enough, because I know yeah. so much stuff is going to start coming back. I'm so excited for that. So good for <laughs> them for getting what they need. A lot of great stuff despite that and even more coming. 
Before we get out of the show, I would be remiss if I did not take a moment to thank a brand new Patreon supporter. <gasps> Over the last few months, we have so many and we only touch on one every week. And so I have this backlog just earlier in the month. Chris R. headed over to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon, opened up his wallet and said, I like you guys enough to, yeah, you're giving me this for free, but I want to support what you do every month. And he set up a pledge, just a regular contribution to help keep us going. Nice. And we talked about, George, there's always something, you know, we're working to make our live streams better. That costs money. Mm -hmm. We're working on lighting and equipment. That costs money. You know, agreements with people and shipping things. All that stuff costs money. Eating. Yeah, it's a little stuff like yeah, putting food <laughs> on the table, paying the rent, right. all that stuff. And Chris R., you are helping to do that with your contribution. You are joining an amazing roster of people that have also put their money where their mouth is and said, we want to support what you do on Gen X Grown Up. Thank you so much for doing that. And if you'd like to join Chris and this gang, again, just head over to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. You can get your name on the list too. And another benefit yeah. of being a regular patron is an opportunity to get your question in right here during That's these right. shows. That's right. So we we ask your our patrons, our wonderful, wonderful patrons, you know, to pretty much ask anything they want. And we're going to take every episode, we're going to take one of these questions and just kind of hopefully get some honest and unsolicited answers. So we'll see what we do okay. here. So All right. today's question is from John, not you, John, different John. Another John. And, okay. um, he had a really simple question. I really liked it though. It says, what is your favorite movie theme song? So mm. my thinking on this, just so you know, is that it's a, it has to be one a song, not orchestration. I'm thinking it's just like a song. And when you hear the song, you probably should think of the movie. Like it shouldn't, they should be like kind of tied together. It shouldn't be, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this song was in that movie but no, no you know right so it's so like okay. really emblematic of the film yeah, exactly it really exactly okay, yeah mm -hmm. uh george you want to go first uh sure because i'm gonna fucking cheat like i always do um <laughs> don't be stealing I all the good ones two. he has two i, I I have right, two. Right. You know how I'm going to do He's it. He's a patron. Uh, I give him two. Go ahead. But it's because of one of your rules. I'm not really sure. The first one that came to mind when you were asking the question, but then you had the rule addendum on the end of it. Uh, from Goodfellas, during the arrest sequence at the end of the film, they play mm -hmm. the guitar solo from Layla. Mm -hmm. And it is iconic. If you watch Goodfellas and you don't hear that song, along with all the other great songs that are part of that Scorsese mm -hmm. soundtrack, right. it's it is arguably the best inclusion in that film for me. Okay, but because you have the no orchestration <laughs> stuff and they only do the guitar solo part of Layla, they all don't right. do any of the verbal stuff. I'm gonna have to probably go with a movie called The Color of Money. Yeah. Eric mm -hmm. Clapton handled the soundtrack it's for that one, and there was an original it. song that he wrote for that film called "It's in the Way That You Use It." And every yeah. time I I hear that song, oh, yeah. which is not very often. Uh, I think of that movie. Yeah, 100%. that makes sense. All right. Okay. How about nice. you, John? What do you got? Uh, I think mine is pretty easy, and you probably could have guessed it. In uh, If you had like five guesses, you could have gotten there. Uh, <laughs> I, I love this song because I love the, the person singing it. I love the story the song tells. I love how closely this song mirrors the movie and makes me think of every moment of the movie. Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. Oh, yeah. Mm. When that yeah. song comes on, I never skip it, and every time I'm listening <laughs> to it, I'm picturing scenes from the movie. I see Dabney Cole. Coleman, tied up. I see the three girls. I see Lily Tom. I see the whole movie. And it might not be the best song song, although it's pretty damn good. It's so good. closely tied to that movie. Yeah. 
that it's probably it's the one that I looked at a list to help jog my memory. It's the one that jumped out at me. It's like, oh, there you go. There's your answer. So yeah. nine to five national Dolly fucking Parker. treasure. She is mm-hmm. oh, absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. What about you, Mo? All right. So mine is also one that as soon as I hear the song, you can't not think of the movie. Although mm-hmm. it was a popular song by itself, Fame, Irene Cara. Oh, ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's pretty easy, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's even in the title. But that right. one, I mean, especially, um, you know, grew up in New York, so New York school, a lot of subways, so I really liked yeah. the movie, really associated. I know a lot of people that went to music and art as well, sure. so, which is, it was based on. So, but just like, it's just an uplifting, just positive song. Yep. That's like a two-bagger, because it's not just the movie, it's the TV show too. Oh, yeah, that's right. It went for the TV oh, show right. as well. Yep. That's Same. right. They did a TV show as well. So that definitely be mine so john thanks so much for your question again all of mm. our people who aren't patrons if you want to get your question on here just join patreon and we'll take your question right here there you go I mean, it's just that simple <laughs> it really is even a dollar a month we'll get your question that's gonna wrap it up for this episode number 155 guys don't worry we have another one coming in two weeks but next week <laughs> is it were you worried you weren't worried were you moaning you no, know he's like, i'm sure everyone out there's like oh my god is there gonna be another one <laughs> Relax. (laughs) Next week, though, is our backtrack. That's where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. This happens to be the 40th anniversary of a landmark stand-up comedy special that became bigger than you could have ever imagined. Mm. Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Mm. You see the red leather suit. You see, I mean, the the lines in, you repeat it on the schoolyard all the time and (laughs) whispered under your voice because it's F-bomb after F-bomb. Yeah, yeah. But hilarious. And, And emblematic of its time, smack dab 1983, right in our Gen X wheelhouse. We're going to talk about that wonderful special, Eddie Murphy. We're going to talk about that amazing special, Eddie Murphy's Delirious, next week on The Backtrack. So hope you'll join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We all appreciate most of all, though, and we cannot wait to talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. It's a continuation of Frasier, and it's now, yeah, yeah, he's still, he's still a, uh, what a, like still radio. alive? Is that what you're going <laughs> well, still alive. Kelsey Grammer's still with us. Yes, of course. <laughs> My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.